0: This edition of the Generations Radio Program originally aired in 2015. For additional shows on hundreds of topics, search our archives at generations.org.
1: And welcome, my friends, to the Generations Radio Broadcast. Kevin Swanson, your host with you today. I'm homeschool father of five. I'm a pastor in a church in Castle Rock, Colorado. And really trying to understand the concept of shepherding in the 21st century, a relational approach to bringing the Word of God and, and nurturing folks in the life of Christ. And this, my friends, is not something that comes naturally. It's something that I think we're all trying to learn, trying to pick up on. And it's vitally important, vitally important in an era where 42% of kids are born, Outside of wedlock, up from 6% in 1960. Friends, we're talking about society effectively falling off the cliff when it comes to fatherhood. 88% of kids raised in some churches, at least the Southern Baptists tell us this, 88% are leaving the church in this generation. And it appears that, that things are getting worse and worse, and a lot, largely because we, I think we're losing the concept of discipleship and shepherding within homes across America. Now, this vision needs to be recovered in the 21st century and and I think we're just trying to figure it out now. Please understand, I think it's going to be a multi generational vision recovered over multiple generations. My father raised us with family worship and and gave us a, a pretty decent raising. But but even as one who was raised in a in a godly household, I'm I'm just real, really trying to recover the concept of what it is to be a father, what it is to be a shepherd, and and how to love and how to shepherd folks, um, whether it be in my home or whether it be in the church. And so we have a new book that's should come out that I think will be a valuable addition to the discussion. It's called The Shepherd Leader at Home by Dr. Timothy Whitmer. He is a professor at uh Westminster Theological Seminary, uh, and he has worked in ministry for a very long time. He's also a pastor of a church called Crossroads Community Church. And now uh Tim Whitmer joins me on the Generations broadcast. Tim, welcome.
0: Thanks, Kevin. It's great to be with you.
1: What an important concept. Wow. I mean, the, the word shepherd itself is like this... 100,000-ton lesson that just seems to be so relevant and important to us, doesn't it?
0: Oh, it sure does, especially when you, you think about the fact that the fundamental model of shepherding is the Lord. You yes. know, the Lord is my shepherd. Yes. So, uh, and yet, uh, to help us understand our role as shepherds in, in our homes— Understanding what our heavenly shepherd does to us, does for us rather, is, is very, very important. Mm -hmm. Because I think that those, those shepherding functions, uh, that he provides for us, in many ways, he sees us as dads and husbands, as under shepherds to care for our families.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, this is not uh, the CEO. This is not the chief executive no. officer shouting orders in the home. And it's not exactly the lecturer that just gets up and lectures from a podium every morning <laughs> to his kids. No, no God forbid. Uh, well, so what is it? Can you give us a picture that might be helpful?
0: Um, I think one of the words you used in introducing the subject today is very, very important, and that is relational. hmm One of the things you think about when you think about a shepherd is that the shepherd knows his sheep. Hmm. And uh, that's borne out for us in terms of you hear Christ's words that the shepherd uh, knows his sheep and the sheep know the shepherd. And it's one thing to say that, but it's another thing to cultivate the kind of relationship that uh, unpacks that mutual knowing, mutual knowledge rather, that enables us to rightly influence our children so that it requires for a dad to uh, to spend good time with his wife and his children um, one of the scariest things that a dad or a husband can experience is the possibility that um, his wife nor his kids really know him hmm. or that he doesn't know them okay. uh, yeah one one little story here that I think it illustrates it. a friend of mine. <laughs> he walked up to his wife one time and he asked her. He said, "What's it like being married to me?" Mm-hmm. And she said, uh, "Let me think about that for a little bit." Six months later, she came back and she said, uh, "Honey, I'm ready to tell you what it's like to be married being married to you." He said, "Okay." He was pastor of a successful church and obviously thought it was going to be a pretty good answer, but uh, she said. I can't kill you, and I won't divorce you. Wow. Our family, but our family would be much better without you.
1: Oh boy, that's gotta hurt!
0: I talk about a guy who was completely disconnected from mm-hmm. relational knowledge of his of his family. Well, he uh, he went to his uh, elders, and they were gracious, and he he was going to resign, and they said, "Now wait a minute." are you planning to are you just throwing in the towel here or are you hoping to see some change and he admitted he wanted to change and they helped him through that with counseling and a study leave and he's still in that church and doing he's the most humble man i know right now but but the moral of the story is uh i mean how many of us would even dare to go up to our wives and say what's it like being married to me <laughs> 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 But, but yeah, we need
1: yeah. to know. Yes, we? yes, we do. We do, and I think I think the relationship changes all the time because I, we're, none of us are static anyway, and we right. change. Right. And so, you know, I may have asked my wife that question maybe a year or two ago, but now I need to ask my wife that question again. And 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 I find with relationships, it's kind of funny. Uh, life is funny. It's it, it becomes sometimes very chaotic and very busy. And I find that my heart sometimes pulls away from my own wife and from my children and and i i you know I'm, I'm i'm no longer as connected as i once was and there seems to be some distance and maybe even some coldness developing it, relationships are never static are they
0: they are not and uh and i think especially when we become so busy in our careers and and with kids the level of communication uh is often limited to the uh, daily traffic kinds of communication uh, such as, uh, well, what do you want to do for dinner tonight? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Who's picking up Harry, or, or this or that, or the other thing. But that's one of the reasons that the leader at home must take the initiative to spend time that enables uh, him to have a deeper level of communication uh, with his wife. Well, I mean, what's what's troubling you? What's, what's concerning you these days? Um, what are, you know, kind of going below the surface where the real relational knowledge exists. yeah. Uh, Yeah. so it's not as though people who, people who don't, uh, who, whose marriages drift apart. It's not as though they're not talking, they're talking, but they're just not, Communicating on the kind of a level that they need to to keep their relationship fresh and vital mm. and
1: uh, growing, mm. and and much of that requires one on one connection. You have multiple children; you have to take the time, <laughs> and it's That's, it's it's a challenge. It's a time issue for many of us.
0: It it sure is, but I I'd, I'd say that the key is to to take advantage of of the times that you do have. So, for example, uh, when my son was I guess about 10. He was in the Philadelphia Boys Choir in Philadelphia. And um, they had rehearsal every Saturday morning at 8.30, every Saturday morning. So I got up, and this was time for, for Nate and for me. And I would make pancakes, which he, which got him out of bed on a Saturday morning. <laughs> and then uh, then, I, then I'd then drive him down to the rehearsal and back. And that was time that he knew and I knew. That was time when I was going to be touching base with him. It was time I knew I was going to have a loan with him. Uh, And so I think we need to capitalize on the opportunities that we have um, already.
1: Hmm. You talk about the importance of affection as well. Uh, We need to be affectionate. Uh, You have a chapter here in the book, The Shepherd Leader at Home, where you speak of the shepherd kisses his children. Uh, That's important to to show them affection.
0: It is. And I think that... I think that we have to be our our family members' number one cheerleader, hmm. and and that is in our words, in our deeds, and in our hugs. And uh, I think, especially with our wives, we need to uh, be sure we're expressing expressing our love. Now we've just come past Mother's Day, yeah. and uh, you know, you go to the you go to the store as a as a husband on Mother's Day, and you look at the cards. And isn't it amazing how many of those cards have this kind of copy? It says, I know I haven't told you as much as I should. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it's like a card's going to make up for it. Yeah, Uh, I don't think so. So, you know, you guys out there, you should never be in a position where you need to buy that card or where you can buy that card. You should be telling your wife how much you appreciate her, how much you love her, how much you need her all the time. And if because this is, brother, you do.
1: Yeah. If this is just a once a year or once a month or even once a week sort of a deal, uh, it's probably not enough. It, when it comes to affection, when it comes to connecting, when it comes to encouragement and af- affirmation for our children, we, we just ought to be there every day uh, as much as possible. Every time we pass our children in the hallway, a little squeeze, a little hug. A little note of appreciation, which we just need to establish the habit. And I get into the habit, then I get out of the habit. Does that ever happen right. to you?
0: Oh, oh, sure. It's I, I tend to be uh, kind of an upbeat cheerleader type myself. Uh, so with my wife, I I'm pretty consistent with her. So um, I, I just sent her an email, and uh, I, I wrote to her. Um, you are the oasis in the desert, <laughs> <laughs> and you are the soft place in a hard world. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I really mean that. Yeah. And
1: well, that's, uh, cre- that's creative. That's creative. that That's not just some pat phrase. You know, right. just saying "love you" for the, you know the two hundred seventy eighth time. <laughs> but so it's important to be thoughtful, be creative,
0: yeah, really think about night how night you
1: feel night. and express it in in cl- in clear words.
0: Right, and I had this this uh couple early in my ministry. I was in my early thirties, and uh one of the older couples in the church called us to come over to their house for dinner and it was really great, it was nice, had a great conversation, but we knew there must be something else going on and sure enough, after dinner, um uh, the woman will call her Harriet uh so we might wonder why we invite you to over invited you over here, and uh, we said, well, sure. And she said, well, uh, Bill never tells me that he loves me. And I said, Bill, is is that correct? And he got this complete shocked face on, look on his face, and he said, not tell her I love her. I tell her at least twice a year that I love her. (laughs) It was everything, everything I could do to uh, not to break out and laugh uh-huh. right in front of them. Uh, you know, it's just not going to cut it. Uh, because our wives, one of the things the shepherd does for his flock is he provides security. And our, our wives need to feel absolutely secure in 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 our love for them. And one of the ways we do that, obviously, it has to be backed up with, with deeds. It, it has to be clear to your wife that, you really like to be with her and it's one thing to say i love you and then try to avoid her <laughs> yeah. uh, so it's 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 more than words but it has to be words too
1: hmm. well one of the, your points that you make is that the shepherd leader leads in the home which which means that he leads by example more is caught than taught Um and and obviously teaching is important but men uh... your life speaks so loud and and your children watch you, and there's no way to hide who you really are. Uh, and by the time they're 15 or 16 or 17 years of age, if there's hypocrisy in their life, they've they've mm-hmm. got the list, and it's probably about as accurate as anybody could make a list. <laughs> uh, how, how does how does that leader lead by example?
0: Well, I think it's I think it's you, you use the word hypocrisy, mm-hmm. and and I think we we are all you know since we're not perfect yet. Uh, there's a hypocrisy gap in all of us, yeah, but uh it must be clear to our children that we are striving to be conformed to Christ ourselves, mm-hmm. and that those things that we are seeking to encourage them to do uh we are we are doing um okay, you want to teach your kids about the importance of uh of Worship in a local church. Well, you don't do that by dropping them off and coming home yourself. Mm-hmm. I, I have no idea what what people are thinking when they do that, mm-hmm. because you know the very first thing those kids are going to do when they go off to college or whenever they leave the home, they're going to say, "Ah, eh, now I don't have to do that anymore." Yeah. Um, so it's 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 that you know it's that that Deuteronomy uh, six um, when you're not just when you're, you're sitting, but when you're walking, uh, when you are, um, lying down, when you rise up all the time, you are communicating not only with your words, but with your, with your example. And, uh, you know, one of my favorite examples from the book is, uh, the story of the, um, uh, the Israeli tour guide. Do you remember that story?
1: No, not off the top of my head.
0: All right. I put you on a the spot there. That was Okay. <laughs> <there>. <laughs> anyway, so uh there was a group of of tourists who went to Israel and they were heading into the uh the Bedouin Judean countryside and the uh the Israeli tour guide said, "Well, just want you to know now that since we're in this area, we're going to be some seeing some flocks with some shepherds. You'll notice the shepherd is always leading from the front." And they said, "Oh, that's interesting." And as they go along a little way, they find a a flock that's being driven from behind by a man and they immediately call his attention to this he stops the bus he gets off the bus he goes and talks to the man he gets back on the bus if you excuse the expression with a sheepish grin on his face and he said that that was not their shepherd that was their butcher <sighs> okay. So, okay. <laughs> and I think that that also speaks to um, it, it's it's not just using the rod it's not just mm-hmm. Um it's, it's, it's moving in front so people will see Christ in you and want to follow Christ because of what they see in you.
1: It seems to me that it's a life of faith. When a, when a man leads in the front, he's leading by faith, and he's believing by faith that his children and his family will follow. And, in the end, you know if if we're leading our children towards God, we know that it's only God working in them, both the will and to do of his good pleasure it's 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 got to be the work of the Holy Spirit of yeah. God working within them.
0: Yes, there's absolutely no doubt about that, and I think that's one of the reasons that praying for our children is so important too yes. uh because you know when they get to that critical stage in their lives, when they do go off somewhere uh Many of your listening, many of your listeners can relate to the, uh, when you drop that first child off at college, you know, yes. and it's very, uh, have you had that experience yet, Kevin?
1: Not yet. No.
0: Okay. Well, you just wait. <laughs> it's, it's tough. Uh, and you drop that child off and there's tears, but I can honestly tell you that the tears that my wife and I shed with our daughter when we dropped her off at the University of Pittsburgh were not. Tears, oh my goodness, we're worried about what's going to become of you uh, morally, but our tears were generally tears that this was a transition in life. We wouldn't be seeing her as much. Uh, and the key to that was our understanding that the convictions, the things that we would taught her, we had seen her embrace and internalize into her own heart and life. Mm. And you're right, that is the work of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Uh, but And that is certainly what we what we aim for, and what we trust the Lord to do. Let's talk so What a, a difference it makes.
1: Yes, let's talk a little bit about spiritual provision in the home. I know that's vitally important. Uh, what part does family worship play, and how does that interrelate with the day-by-day informal discussions? It seems like Deuteronomy 6, 7 to 9 speaks a little bit more of the informal, kind of the weaving and integrating of these things of God's Word into the warp and the woof of the day. But, but you've also sort of got this this family worship element that's been very important to the Christian family over many years. How do those two things relate
0: well i think I think the family worship is is really an anchor for the rest okay uh, I think it's the foundation for the rest, so that when you sit with your family and uh you read the scriptures and pray together you're you are giving them a touchstone uh, that they can relate to. Um, throughout their day, throughout their experiences. And it's not as if, as you know, it's not as if there's going to be direct one-to-one correspondence between what you talk about that day and what happens at school or with your friends or whatever. But the effect is cumulative so that the kids see. It's interesting. I just kind of thought about this now, but they don't remember what they had for dinner last Tuesday either. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. But the effect in enabling them to grow is obvious, right? And in the in the same way, I think we have the cumulative effect of uh, the teaching of God's Word that uh, informs their hearts and their minds, so that they can think biblically and act biblically as occasions arise in their lives. Mm. Um, so I think it's the touchstone, and then course what's great how old are you, how old are your kids by the my way my
1: children are uh, 12 to 21 oh wow that's great yeah i'm that in is, the midst of it
0: <laughs> that is yeah that's great but see you're in a great position because those dinner time discussions now for you uh, it's it's taking those biblical principles and actually relating them to okay how have you seen this work out in culture or yes. uh in 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 school today mm-hmm. right. and that's you're really at a fun at a fun stage because they can really interact with you intelligently about these
1: things. You know, as you speak about the, the daily feeding and the daily feeding ties into the daily growth and so so forth. It happens in the physical realm, but also in the spiritual. Mm-hmm. Uh, how important is this consistency? I mean, there are so many families. I will tell you that you know even with all the encouragement that we give our families in our church, uh, I don't think we we have as much consistency as we should that is daily we have people who are doing you know getting into the word maybe two or three times a week uh maybe once a week there are some who are doing the six or seven times a week but it, the consistency is, is is important how important
0: uh, i think it's i think it's very important uh even as oh, continuing the analogy uh, we wouldn't think about uh, you know telling your family oh we're we're just going to skip dinner tonight
1: <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs>
0: how would your 12 to 21 year olds uh feel about that yeah I, I, yeah
1: your 12 year old son would just be horrified he would faint on the spot
0: <laughs> and i mean i it's not quite as dramatic uh an illustration but i i think the principle is is similar um in that it is it is important for consistency for that for the purpose of of maintaining the spiritual growth and um, and developing their their hearts and lives, mm-hmm. I think that um, I have a little section in my book about that that have some just some principles about. I think we need to be consistent, uh, and I think we need to be at the same time flexible. Now, however, you do that, the way the way life is. I mean, you more than anybody right now understand the twelve to twenty year old, twenty one year old. That is the craziest time. Yeah,
1: everybody's going every which way. They've got all their projects, they're working, and, and we have to pull everybody together from time to time throughout the day, and, and it may be a different time each right. day. Yeah.
0: Right. Well, that's good. That I think that's a good point in terms of of the flexibility, and also flexibility in the length of sure. the time you spend sure. together. I went to a conference one time, Kevin, and one of the plenary speakers did a, uh, a presentation on family worship. Mm-hmm. And he said they spent about an hour and a half a day. And that's a lot. I, I, I thought I, I, I could never do that. I mean, if that's the mark, I've never done that. And uh, I'm amazed that they could do that. <laughs> yeah. But, I think our,
1: ours ranges from anywhere from five minutes to an hour. And yeah. we probably average somewhere around 30 minutes or so, so that's is my great. guess.
0: See, that's, see, that shows wisdom on your part because you allow a flexibility of range uh, – because we want, we want it. You really can't help, I guess, having them resent it from time to time. But mm-hmm. you don't want their attitude consistently to be one of of resentment. Yes, right. At, at inflexibility or uh, whatever else word you might.
1: Use. Right, right. Well, we're just about ready to wrap things up. And, ladies and gentlemen, the book is "The Shepherd Leader at Home" by Timothy Whitmer. And uh, Tim, uh, give us give us a feel for for what's going on out there. Is there a need for shepherding in homes uh, across America in, in our churches? Um, what about our pastors? Are pastors learning to shepherd? Are we going? Are we needing to go back to the 101 course of shepherding? And you know, what what's the need here today?
0: Uh, the need is desperate uh, in the church as well. And actually, the book I wrote right before this one is called. The shepherd leader, mm-hmm. and it applies biblical principles of shepherding to leadership in the church. Because my my concern, my observations, not only as a, uh, a professor, but particularly as a pastor and someone who's involved in the church, I've seen leaders in churches who, uh, too many times, have moved more to a board of directors kind of yeah. uh, setting, and mm-hmm. desperately need the the relational caring, shepherding that elders should really be providing for the congregations. uh, Yes.
1: Yes. And I, I have seen that slowly working in our own congregation, you know, after the church service, I see most of our elders uh, hands on people praying over them, counseling, interacting, hugging them, uh, encouraging them, affirming them, strengthening them, you know, and it's, it's a, a, you know, it's, it's a two hour ordeal after every Sunday service and uh, you know and that's that's a, a far cry from where it was say 12 13 years ago when we started our church uh, i think we're all slowly understanding a little bit more of what's involved in shepherding and much of that begins at home if as we learn to do that sort of thing with our families we become more relational in our shepherding in the churches do you see that
0: absolutely it's interconnected
1: yeah yeah and that's precisely what paul talks about in first timothy 3 5 All right. Well, thank you so much, uh, Timothy Whitmer, for joining us on Generations. We want to encourage folks to get your book, The Shepherd Leader at Home.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Kevin.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, wow, this is very, very important. It's very, very crucial, and I hope that leaders, elders, pastors in the church will take heed to this very important lesson. It's not as if I've got this lesson down. Even as I am conducting an interview with Timothy Whitmer, I'm still thinking to myself, wow, I've got a ways to go as I... Shepherd in my home. This is something that humbles us and it it ought to humble us because we do have a ways to go and friends if the church if the family is crying out for anything in the 21st century it is for fathers for shepherds who shepherd who know something of what we've been talking about on this edition of the generations radio broadcast may God help us to revive this very important skill in the 21st century. If our families and our churches are going to survive and if we're going to have multi-generational faithfulness where our children have been properly shepherded and will carry on the faith to the next generation. This is Kevin Swanson inviting you back again next time as we continue to lay down a vision for the next generation.